Disclaimer, the host of this podcast, Timothy Patrick and Will Foley, are by no means medical professionals. However, having lived experience with mental illness themselves, they have gained useful perspectives on common mental health issues that some of us struggle to overcome on a daily basis. By sharing their stories, they hope to create connection. By creating connection, they hope to help you find your purpose. And through purpose, we can all begin to build the foundation for positive mental health. This is Above Ground Podcast. Coming at you live with real conversations about mental health from the peer perspective, it's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now your hosts, TPP and Will Foley. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to Above Ground Podcast. <clears throat> Above Ground Podcast, because you can't serve below. What up, TPP? Another Sunday, man. Another Sunday. You know what that means. On Zoom. Yeah, another Sunday on Zoom, and we got a good one. We're joined from someone across the pond this morning. <laughs> All the way from cheery London. We Hello. Joe, Joe Rodriguez. We are, uh, She's a, a therapist, psychologist, and a CBT specialist, which is really cool. I want to get into that at some point. But um, some of you may know her as the Fuck It Friday girl on Instagram because <laughs> she does these Fuck It Fridays, and that's what kind of uh, – uh, drew me to her. So welcome, Joe. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Very excited to chat with you both today. <laughs> Slightly nervous also. <laughs> no, it's just, a, it's, uh, just no, a... it's all good. It's all good. You're going to fit in perfectly. <laughs> I mean, after yeah. all, a fucking Friday segment on Instagram fits right in our little, our little, <laughs> nut, That's all right, then. Our little niche here. So that's good. That's good. <laughs> so if you just want it, we just kind of just jump right in and, and kind of uh, tell us a little bit about um, how you started the process of becoming a therapist, psychologist, is something you always wanted to do or something maybe triggered that idea and um, and then kind of where you are now, what you're doing now. Yeah, um, relatively boring, to be honest. It's all, it's all I've always wanted to do. So from um as far back as I can remember even in school I think my mum was a mental health nurse and so and she always said to me don't go into nursing <laughs> but I really wanted to work in mental health so I did tons of different kinds of experience when I was younger and I did a psychology degree and then I, I did want to go into more sports psychology but um all of my experience was around mental health and then I kind of knew what I didn't want to do didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but knew that I always wanted to work with people, knew I was so interested in the human mind and how it worked. So it took me a little while to kind of figure out what direction I wanted to go in. And um, and I kind of haven't followed a, a neat path. I've always just done what I'm really interested in and what I love learning about. And I find that that keeps me loving my job. So I've done NHS jobs. I've done private jobs. I've done a few crazy jobs. I've done all sorts and then landed up here doing quite a lot of Instagram and quite a lot of therapy. That's so cool. What <laughs> was, was the start on Instagram? Was that during the pandemic? And was that as a, an extension of you or did you, and, and how did, did that come organically? Yeah, it was. So, um, so in the pandemic, work was really busy, but it was also quite crazy because all of my clinics had to change. You know, I didn't have 
any I, I was providing therapy from my car because that was the only place that I could go where I would get privacy to talk to clients and my family wasn't around you know I've got small kids it was it was quite a tough time but work was really busy and there was a really big need for you know for people to have support and I felt like I was not reaching enough people so I really just wanted to find a way to get the message out there and reach more people because I do in therapy like obviously therapy is tailored to the individual but I do a lot of things in therapy that I do the same thing over and over again so I feel like if people could just know how to do this themselves if this was much more normalized then I wouldn't have to do this stuff I would be doing the next level stuff so um so yeah it was it was definitely to try and reach more people and I had a friend in Canada who actually had some time on her hands who was really good at um the the social media stuff who just offered to help and she was like you know you could really ramp up what you're doing so I started off small and then with her help she really helped me get a plan together and find a way of delivering it in a way that felt really comfortable for me so that was actually an experience because it's quite hard I think there's this sort of weird thing when you're a professional to be out there and just be yourself is quite scary but equally that's how I am in the therapy room and it it works in therapy so I didn't want to be someone that I wasn't just because I'm portraying an image on social media so um so I had a friend that kind of helped me with that and then it's just really grown from there that's awesome as we started to talk we you are specialized in CBT which is cognitive behavioral therapy so I was wondering if we maybe could start there with anyone out there who may not have the experience that we do with these different modalities and and knowing what they are maybe where you would start with CBT if you were coming new to therapy yeah um so cognitive behavioral therapy is a is a therapy approach that looks at the way that we think how we um interpret situations what goes through our mind based on the experiences that we have the way that we act on our thoughts um, the way that influences how we feel. So it's thoughts, feelings, behaviours and physical sensations, how they all interact. And it looks at sort of patterns in the way that we do things that are either helpful or unhelpful. Um, and if it's unhelpful, then we try and work out ways of changing some of those things so that we ultimately feel better. So we work on thoughts, we work on feelings, we work on behaviours um, to ultimately try and help us to feel better in various situations. What, uh, I, you know, this is probably a, a preference, um, but I've always, I've always asked, um, you know, certain specialists and doctors and professionals or anybody really mm -hmm. um, this, this question, in your opinion, what comes first, the thought or the feeling? Um, the feeling. I think I, I, mm. I know it's a tough one. I, I've, heard, I've, <laughs> yeah. I've heard both. I've heard both. It's really tough, actually. I've never really I thought know. of that because the feeling is what. Um, the feeling can all can drive the thought, but then also the thought, if you're not being mindful, can, can, can happen. Yeah. And then it can drive the, drive the yeah. feeling. Yeah. So. I think, I don't know. I think it's quite. I think it might be situation dependent as well, because some things are so like happen, you know, our reaction is so quick that if we have a thought, it's not a conscious thought and we react on our subconscious. So if I don't think 
even if every if every situation is thought, then the thought process is so fast that it, you're not conscious of the thought until you reflect on it afterwards. Like a lot, a lot of the people that I work with when they come to therapy, they don't know what their thoughts are. They they've never they've never reflected on situations. They don't really understand that their thoughts are influencing their behavior. So sometimes people are having, you know, we have thousands of thoughts a day, but they're just not aware of what their thoughts are in a situation, particularly in situations they're getting stuck in. Um, and they don't know where their thoughts come from and they haven't explored their past. And, you know, it's, um, but that's a good question. I would say the thing that you notice first is usually the feeling, but whether the feeling does come first, uh, I don't know, it's tricky. <laughs> I, I, it is, but you know what? I, I, I love your answer. It's situation dependent. I, I agree with that. And I never, yeah. I guess, I guess I never really noticed it before, but I think you're right. It, it may not be as black and white as, as I'm thinking. Yeah. You know? So, so yeah. So depending on the situation, I, yeah. I would agree with that. I think yeah. that's a good, I think that's an excellent answer. Thank and you. And possibly also the emotion, possibly emotion dependent, because, you know, if it's anger, anger that's activated, like, you know, intense, like hot anger, that is so fast, that area of the brain that's accessed is so quick that, you know, even if there is a thought thought process in there, it's beyond our conscious it go, awareness. Right. It's already it's already coming out before we can even be aware yeah. of it, right? Yeah, especially if, exactly. especially if that situation has happened before in similar yeah. fashion, it yeah. auto, we automatically go to that exact Just an autopilot. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's cool. Exactly. You had you had mentioned, um, you know, kind of how you are on Instagram is how you are in your practice and in, in real life. Yeah. I guess you could say, yeah, you know, which is great because a lot of people I don't think are. Um, but the question I have is, how do people react to that? Because a lot of times, at least here in the States, like we have this hierarchy of, of mm. you know, professionals and doctors and all these, you know, like they, they can't swear and they can't mm. laugh at, at these. These things are serious and we can't yeah. laugh at them, you know. So yeah. I, that's why I love your stuff. And, and because you do that and I think it, it can it can be very appealing to some people that may not, you know, maybe a little bit scared to to walk into that room yeah you know? yeah I think you know obviously it's not for everybody but I it is how it is at the start and if the relationship is you know one of the most important things about whether therapy is going to be effective or not so if you can't connect with the therapist as they are then you know therapy is not necessarily going to work but I think a lot of people are scared to go to therapy because of they've got this idea that you know, you have to sit there and it is very serious. And of course there are serious moments, you know, I am quite somebody that does laugh. I do swear it is quite down to earth, but equally there are times when I do hold back on that because I want someone to really access an emotion and really, really think about something and process. And I know that there's some, you know, there's some therapists that feel that perhaps laughing is, not you know it's kind of blocking or not allowing someone to process and I my approach is to you know incorporate all of it because actually I think it's healthy to laugh and I think it's useful to incorporate laughter and I think it helps someone to access more vulnerable parts if they feel really comfortable with you um so for me you know I think it it's good you know it, it helps to normalize as well it helps to normalize the like what we do because I think there's a lot there's a perception out there that there is a lot of perfe um, perfectionism within psychology 
and as psychologists and I see it and I see it in practice and it, it makes me feel intimidated around other psychologists and that was part of my anxiety was how are other psychologists going to perceive me if I'm swearing <laughs> and I don't think I would have done it early on in my career I think it's something that you know does come with years and years of doing the same thing you know I've been doing this for nearly 20 years now so um you know when I started out I wouldn't have been effing and blinding but now I just think you know I've got an established career I don't want to you know I don't want to take the piss but equally I think it helps I think it helps to normalize the profession that's very cool with that explanation and speaking of normalizing things everyone has mental health but not everyone has mental illness Mm -hmm. and I'm curious to know what is the state of mental health in the UK as far as how you are handling it publicly and what people are doing and you see it as a professional what is the state of the UK's mental health nowadays um to be honest I don't think it's great I think people are struggling more and more um I think there is a there's a drive to improve mental health but I don't always feel like the drive uh is in the right direction or is um necessarily working i mean the health system as a whole in the uk is really struggling you know the um and mental health services are struggling massively so i don't think we're getting it right i don't think it's working particularly well and i think we've you know when i started out in my career back in, uh, well, in, you know, primary care mental health, which was in GP practices. And, you know, when I started doing my um, first qualification I did, which I think was primary care mental health work. And that was in 20, when was that? 2004, that was. And there were no primary care, there were no services for mental health in primary care in GP practices. So either you you had to seek counselling privately or you had to be severe and enduring mental health and go into secondary care services. So in the last 20 years, we now have these services in primary care, um, which you can access, but they are completely saturated, totally overwhelmed. And I think it's because we're, we're just still not getting it right. There's still There's still something missing. And I think what we're still trying to do is make people fit services. And rather than provide a service that is tailored to individual needs and and do more in terms of generic mental health and going into schools and it is improving but it's still there's still a long way to go awesome that that that's a great question from will and um great answer that's uh it's a good insight to 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 see that and something that I don't think we have here because I'm not really sure if I understand the actual definition of it, but you had said like um, mental health nurse or mental health in GP. So as like a right, re- you go to your regular doctor that it, they yeah. have on the side, like a mental health person there as well. Yeah. So, so in 2004, the, the government set this initiative up to say that you should be able to access um, therapy, psychotherapy, like, first level counselling and it's called low intensity and high intensity so low intensity is if you have mild problems high intensity if you have moderate to to severe problems you should be able to access that through your doctor in your GP surgery so they over the course of like 12 years they rolled out these services across the UK 
Um, so you should be able to access at least six sessions of low intensity or 12 sessions of high intensity. You should be able to have an assessment within a certain amount of time. You should be able to access within a certain amount of time. But the problem is the waiting list is just getting longer and longer. And even though they've gone from having no services to services everywhere, the services are still completely inundated. Um, and there's still this gap now between people that fall into those services and then the services which are called secondary care, severe and enduring mental health. Um, and that's outside of doctor surgeries. But there's a gap between who fits in the first one and who fits in the second. So it's trying to pigeonhole people. So the service is still not quite right and the waiting list is still really long and they're getting longer and yeah. Is there, so. is there, a, do you think a factor to that is there, is there enough professionals in the field? Like, do you need more therapists, psychologists, mental well, health? I mean, they have, uh, we do, but the question is why, like, why do we, you know, it seems to be the more you provide, the more that's needed, which to me is then the question of, what what are we doing wrong? Because we had nobody working in doctor surgeries and now we have what's called low intensity workers and high intensity workers and psychologists and psychotherapists and counseling okay. psychologists. You know, there's more. I got more. you. So you try to that's 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 kind of yes, that answers my question. Cause I I as you're explaining, I love that idea of like all these levels because mm. you can but then maybe maybe like you said, if we're you know, this person doesn't really have enough or whatever to exceed to this next level when they maybe should be in there. So mm. that could be a, I gotcha. Yeah. And I just think, you know, I think there's just something fundamentally not quite right in terms of our approach to how we take care of ourselves as humans. I think that, you know, there's, there's just this mismatch between, and everybody's just like, oh, okay, so if you're struggling, you go and see a mental health professional. It's like, well, no, because actually it's lifestyle that's creating this issue and it's upbringing and it, there's, there's so many things, you know, you can't expect someone to work a 60 hour week and then just go to their HR department because they're struggling with mental health and give them an hour's therapy a week and say everything's fine. It doesn't work like that. You know, it's like it's bigger picture stuff that's the problem. And so, you know, a lot of the work I do is actually helping people to just reevaluate life rather than just give them a few tips and techniques on how to not struggle so much if they're feeling anxious. A big part of our idea here is the perspective. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested to know because we're you just hit it perfectly on about talking about the services. There's there's these people all there. Where does peer services play into the UK? Does the UK have peer services and are they looked at in a positive light because in west in over here they're starting to become more prevalent. And at least yeah. in our state of New York they're actually very they're opening up a lot. I actually work as a peer specialist yeah. For for our state psychiatric hospital. Yeah. So there's opportunities out there. Where did peer services play? Because all therapy doesn't have to look like therapy. So, no. we, so yeah. utilizing people with lived experience has yeah. become a lot, a lot more accessible. So I was just wondering how that is in the UK now. Yeah. Well, I say it's probably quite similar in the sense that services are, you know, using, you know, service user ex, ex service user peer services you know um people with experience of mental health who don't have necessarily have a mental health qualification because actually lived experience 
and you know sharing that lived experience is is so important so I would say it's probably similar in the in the sense it's it's getting better and there are more and more peer services coming up and there's more initiatives to incorporate that but again it's it feels like we're not quite where we need to be with it is there a communication block for people that maybe maybe the stigma is more in your culture has the stigma been reduced because of people like yourself doing instagram videos because it seems it seems to have created this weird thing where we're all talking about mental health but yet nobody's mental health is getting any better yeah yeah that's so accurate I think there is a weird stigma. I think people are trying to say there isn't, but there is, because if you're honest, people still struggle with saying they have struggles in themselves. So, oh yeah, let's all talk about mental health, but I still don't want to talk about myself. <laughs> That's really scary. So there is a stigma if you if you're if everybody's actually really honest in that everybody is more okay with other people having mental health issues but people are still not open about their own which of course is a problem because everybody has a mental health therefore usually at some point in your life you struggle in some way um and so i think there is a stigma because of that because you know and british people are quite closed and they're not sort of I think in the younger generations it's getting better you know I see it with my kids and I see it in school and actually my kids are quite good about you know oh, you don't talk like that mummy even to me or you know like it's all right mummy you know we all talk about mental health <laughs> and I'm like good but um I, there's a definite generational difference and you can see that I've had this conversation with uh, a school psychologist that that, um, actually these kids will sit at lunchtime and discuss, hey, my therapist said this. What did your therapist say? Which is which is unique. But I I do wonder, though, is there this is there this disconnect, though, for some of these kids? Do they understand what therapy is or Mm. because I I wonder if sometimes like again, like Mm. mental health is so out there. Are we just lo- looking for something to connect to? And mm. are we creating more, more need for services by the amp up? And, yeah. and, and that's just a dichotomy of the yin yeah. and yang of, of being out there. But I just wonder if there's a if there is a an an opposite side of it. Well, do you know, I think so, because I, I think it's an interesting one. I think something I've been thinking about in in that, you know, even the way that mental health is viewed has changed since I did my training. You know, it's not so classification, if you like, of mental illness is different. And and I see it in differently, you know, and actually with the emergence of the language around trauma, because trauma wasn't really a language that was used when I had my training as it is now. You know, not everybody had trauma, whereas now it's like everybody has trauma and, you know, it's so and actually with the emergence of that I feel like that helps in some respect because there's an element of okay everybody has experienced things in their childhoods that has shaped how they see things now right like in a in a good way and in in a not so great way you know we've all had these adverse reactions to things we've all internalized things in ways that maybe they weren't intended to be and that does impact how we are as adults so in a sense I think that helps because that means that we 
it it sort it does disentangle some of the narratives around mental health and some of the classifications of certain mental health problems but there's still some people that really but have in some respects also having a diagnosis helps with a lot of things so sometimes trying to get a diagnosis means a lot for certain people um and so I feel like I've got a bit lost in the question but it is changing in the sense that, and I think there are some helpful things about the change and some less helpful things about the change <laughs> nice yeah I think I think we'll probably see that with anything though you know yeah. there's always going to be some pros and cons with things but one thing that I noticed that Will had said you know that that I think I kind of view it as a positive is you know, these people are looking, <clears throat> they're looking for a connection of some sort, but, yeah. and, and that's a part of it though. That, yeah. I mean, we've, we've said it from day one that, yeah. you know, connection is huge. And I just, um, I'm in the middle of a book now and they were saying that, you know, through studies at, you know, whatever elite schools, but there's this big factor of connection and social positive social interactions mm -hmm. that are like the biggest contributor to our like wellness and happiness. Yeah. You know, yeah. so even if even if we're searching for some kind of connection, you know, maybe throughout, you know, maturity or whatever, you can kind of, you know, focus, get get more um, intentional, you know, with yeah. your connections and, and how you want them and where you want them to be and grow and yeah. kind of take form. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, connecting through mental health and connect, connecting through struggles is good you know the more we actually are honest and open about how we're feeling right. and um you know what's going on for us I think that's a good thing I think it's just the slight shift in you know language and things that that's interesting um but for young people definitely I, I'm definitely seeing a change in terms of the openness around it and you know because if I talk to some adults for example older adults around you know do you tell people about how you're feeling or do you have any people that you can honestly talk to and trust? You know, actually a lot of the time it's quite limited. Whereas with the young people I work with, they're like, yeah, all well, my friends know. And I talk, and that's amazing. That's really good. So that's definitely a positive thing for sure. Cause I think that people, younger people are able to connect through being more open. Do you work um, with, when you work with some of the younger people, do you mm. use CBT? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's it's it's my primary mode of therapy. I yeah. might bring bring in some other things, but yeah, I tend to get young people because they want CBT because they want specific ways to help manage anxiety. You know about stress with exams and that kind of stuff, or you know mood, low mood and needing some help with knowing how to lift mood that kind of thing. So yeah, the young people I see predominantly it is CBT. Good. I like to hear that. Joe, thank you so much for being here this morning. It has been a pleasure meeting you. As we start to wrap this up, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Um, if you're on social media, I'm on uh, Instagram is the main platform where I post and I'm straightforward psychology. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. And speaking of connection, it's been wonderful making this connection with you. Thank and you. Uh, we appreciate your time very much this morning. So we're going to finish it up with our final three questions. So okay. Timmy, take it away. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I got like, I think I have like two. Um, you know, I, let me go. I'm going to well, go. Well, you have, you have two. You have the bookends. So you got two. No, I know. 
Um, I, I'm going to go with, do you have, cause since I get such joy out of your, your fuck it Friday clips, <laughs> do you, do you have an ultimate fuck it Friday or an ultimate fuck it for yourself? Like, do you, do you find yourself kind of uh, coming back to the same thing and just like, you know, just saying fuck it to this, to, to this uh... one thing? I, I probably have a few that I come that I kind of circle around in for for me personally, and um, yeah, <laughs> there's a few I'm trying to like trying to narrow it down because there's there's a few that I feel like I come back to like fuck it to, um, you know, feeling bad about making mistakes because I think we all feel very you know embarrassed and ashamed of mistakes that we've made in the past and you know, that can often be a block to moving forwards and people don't talk about their fuck ups and their mistakes. And so, so that's a big one. I think, you know, mistakes are okay. Mistakes are normal. Nobody's perfect. Um, I'd say fuck it to perfectionism. I say that a lot. I feel that a lot in myself that comes into imposter syndrome. I still suffer with that 20 years working in mental health and I still feel like a fraud. So I'm like, fuck that, you know, just, (laughs) when is so, that feeling gonna go <laughs> so do you is that are these things that you just like you tell yourself it's okay to feel these things and, yeah. and you know you kind of just talk yourself down is that a way that you yeah. are able to combat these things for yourself yeah absolutely and just it's normal you know it's normal to feel you know insecure at times it's normal to feel bad about mistakes it means that actually you've learned from it and you want to move on it you know it's it's okay to feel slightly insecure even because no matter how much you know there's always more that you don't know so you can never know everything about everything so you're always learning and that's okay um and one that I think a fuck it I always feel is relevant quite a lot to clients is this notion of being broken I see so many people that are like I'm just so broken you know I'm I'm fucked and I'm like no like nobody has their shit together this is the thing like everybody's fucking broken can we just stop this idea that we all need to be have our ducks in a row and know what we're doing in life nobody has a clue we're all just floundering trying to do the best that we can (laughs) so they're probably the ones that I like the most and that I come back to myself cool awesome thank you those are good ones too for sure (laughs) thank you all right, so I gotta ask: Are you a football fan? No, uh, you're not at all, huh? I was just wondering. I figured since you were there, I didn't know if it was. I didn't know in if it was the in the family. Yes, no. in the UK. No, no? my brother. My brother is, and Who's I was. His ra- team? I was. I was raised in a football family, and then I kind of went anti. Uh, Tottenham Spurs oh Spurs yeah I was just watching that game yesterday and my dad is Spanish so I'm always like torn between England and Spain uh, (laughs) oh all right so there's how do you keep yourself healthy well and what is your like self-care routine like um exercise I love uh running basically all distances I've been a runner for like I started running in uni and I joined a club and I run ever since I love that I love mixing up and doing I used to join a club and I've done CrossFit in the past and I like doing things in community I like doing things with other people so I find that that just really makes me feel happy and good um I meditate I do meditate a lot um I love meditation I love trying different kinds of meditation something that I found really hard over the years but I've just 
persevered with. Um, and what else? Recently, I started doing EFT, emotional freedom technique. Yeah, I love that. Think that's amazing. Yeah, tapping away. <laughs> um so I do lots of that I do all of these things regularly I'd say I tap daily I meditate daily I run regularly I chat with my friends I you know make an effort to make time I try my hardest to limit work that's my that's my biggest flaw is um you know and trying to get the balance between being a mum and not giving too much time to work yeah awesome those are all Great. I mean, as we we just spoke about connection and and we talk about here a lot is balance. So balance is, yeah. is a huge, huge one for everybody, no matter what, I think. Very is Very difficult. Yes, it's difficult to achieve, but um, worth achieving. Oh, yeah, definitely. Where's the time to invest? Yeah. <laughs> Slow, slowing down, slowing yes. down. <laughs> so if there was something that you would like to see done for mental health as a whole or something you could do without any kind of restraint, what would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Um, if there's something you could do without any restraint, um, I would, well, I don't really know. That's really tough. I would say <laughs> do more in terms of, I'd like to have access to media <laughs> and like cull a lot of things that go out in the media and totally reform politics, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> that would be very helpful across the globe right now. Yes. <laughs> you know, get rid of that kind of stuff. That would be good. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's so many, I think that's a difficult thing. There's so many things that are happening, which feel completely outside of our control that have a massive impact on everybody that you do sometimes end up feeling slightly frustrated and deflated because you know it's hard but so so also sort of trying to keep track on what what you can do what is helpful the impact that one person can have if I had more time I'd like to do a lot more on social media I was just going to say maybe it all I mean it almost sounds like to me, you're saying more, more education, more awareness yeah. and, you know, letting people know maybe to, to limit your social media or media in general, you yeah. know, kind of yeah. focus, focus on yourself. Yeah. I think it's definitely a challenge. And I think I, even in my day to day, I chat to a lot of people and it's hard to kind of switch my working head off. Cause I have a lot of interactions, you know, at school and just generally. And I, I, have this sort of feeling now that I think oh, I really wish that you knew more about mental health or I wish that you but it you know I have to kind of switch off to that because it's not my job it's not I'm not working all the time but I think my work gives me this perspective of which is quite hard to switch off from and the more you you know think about things very deeply which I do <laughs> the harder it is to to switch off to that but um yeah I like to have a magic button that does quite a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I hear you. We'll get to that. We'll get to that media show, and you can have your own talk show, and, and we'll, let, we'll let you. I have don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. 
I know you guys are, you, you guys are doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for being here, Joe. It has been a pleasure meeting you. Don't forget to check her out on Instagram. I'll share everything in the show notes. Timmy, another great interview, man. Another Sunday. Let's get out of here. Have a wonderful right. day, everyone. Uh, don't forget. I don't know what's going on, actually. I don't even know when this is we coming. Have se- out, September uh well no this is gonna come out later than that so yeah cut that out all right until next week get well be safe stay above thank you for giving us a listen new episodes every wednesday if you listen on apple podcast you can share rate review and even subscribe so you'll never miss an episode other ways to support the show follow us on social media share the content share our episodes you can also buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash above ground pod. For further concerns, show ideas, or just to say hi, you can email us at above ground podcast at gmail. Once again, thank you for listening and supporting mental health. Keep the conversation going and stay above.